Hebrews chapter 11 and <clears throat> let's just read verse 7 and then we'll have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became the heir sorry, became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord, now we, Father, we uh, thank you for the opportunity to come this morning around your word. And Lord, I pray that today you would uh, speak to our hearts through your word, that you would meet each of us where we're at, that you would challenge us, convince us, convict us through your word, that, Lord, you would empower me now through the Spirit, <clears throat> that you give me the wisdom and guidance to speak, and that, Lord, it would indeed be your words and your thoughts. We pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, today it's Father's Day, and so as I was praying this week about what the Lord would have me to uh, preach on this morning, uh, the Lord led me to this verse here in Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 7, where we read about Noah. Of course, Hebrews chapter 11 is a wonderful chapter, you know, concerning the, the matter of faith. And, you know, Hebrews 11, we're given this list of men and women who were uh, great men and women of the faith. And for this reason, the chapter is often referred to as the hall of faith or the heroes of the faith. And here in verse 7, we find one of those heroes listed. We find the man Noah. And when we hear of Noah, we immediately think of the flood, don't we? Immediately think of the, the flood that God sent to destroy the world. We think of Noah building the ark uh, to survive the flood at God's instructions. And indeed, Noah's obedience in building the ark was the outworking of his faith. And we will consider that this morning, but primarily I want us to focus our attention this morning on the example that Noah gives us as a godly father. One commentator wrote this, he said, building the ark was probably the most remarkable accomplishment in the history of the world up to that point in time. When you look at the dimensions for the ark that are given in the Bible. But Noah's greatest accomplishment was his family's faith. That was a really good way of looking at it. His greatest accomplishment was his family's faith. You see, Noah is a wonderful example of a godly father who's faith had an impact upon his family. Now it's truly remarkable, especially when you consider the terrible times in which Noah lived. Now Genesis chapter 6 describes the earth as being filled with wickedness. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 6 and keep your finger this morning in both passages, Genesis 6 and Hebrews 11, because we'll sort of turn between the two. <clears throat> but Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 Genesis 6 and verse 5 it says and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart and the Lord said I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now here we see a description of 
the world at this time. In verse 5, it says that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of their heart was only evil continually. This is a very sad description of the world, isn't it? A sad description of the state that the world has got to since the creation uh, when everything was perfect. You know, mankind has strayed so far from God that every thought was wicked. Every thought, intention was evil. Now, one commentator said this, he said, A more emphatic statement of the wickedness of the human heart is hardly conceivable. Indeed, it's an emphatic statement, isn't it, of the wickedness of their hearts. And so the point is that wickedness and sin ruled the day. It ruled in the hearts of men and indeed in the world today. We can see the same thing, can't we? That wickedness and sin rules in the hearts of men. But in Noah's day, it was even worse to the point where he's standing alone, isn't he? Okay, there, no one else had any consideration for God or what pleased the Lord. They had no love for God in their hearts. Their only desire was self, to please self and to please the lust of the flesh. A further description of the sad state of the world is then added in verse 11. Genesis 6 there, verse 11, says, And sorry, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the, viol- and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. He were told that the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. It speaks to the state of terror and anarchy that existed. You know, when wickedness rules, that's exactly what the result is, isn't it? Corruption, violence. You see, everywhere that Noah looked, this is what he saw. This is what he was faced with. Wickedness, violence, corruption. As I said before, there was no one else seeking to serve the Lord. Now think about that. There's no one else to encourage Noah in his faith. There's no church group for Noah to get together with and to fellowship with. Noah stands alone in his faith, alone in his love for God. And yet Noah somehow manages to raise a family that knows the Lord and shares his faith. How did Noah manage to succeed as a father in such a terrible time? Well, first of all, we find that the key to success as a father is found here in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9. We find, first of all, that he walked with God. He walked with the Lord. Verse 9, it says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Now, here we see clearly that in contrast to the world around him, in contrast to everyone else that you know, he met each day, The difference was that Noah, he maintained a healthy relationship with God, didn't he? He maintained a relationship with the Lord. And there's two things here that made this this relationship, this walk with the Lord possible. We're told, first of all, here in verse 9, that he was a just man. It says, now, uh, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. Now, the word just here means lawful, righteous It's the idea that he was declared righteous or justified in the sight of God. A similar declaration is found in chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Here we see that 
<clears throat> the word righteous, and that's that same Hebrew word that's translated just. Okay, it's the same word. And notice that it says here in verse, in verse 1 there, it says that I have seen. There's a Lord talking here. Okay, the Lord says that he has seen Noah to be righteous in this generation. Noah was seen as righteous or justified before God, in the sight of God. But it's important that we understand here that his righteousness didn't come from his own good works. That's not what it's saying here. He wasn't righteous before God because he was a good person. Now, he was declared righteous, justified before God because of his faith. His faith in God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, our verse for this morning, as I said, we're going to turn back and forth between the two. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says that Noah became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Let's read verse 7 again in Hebrews 11. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Noah, by faith. Notice that? By faith. Because of his faith, became the heir of righteousness. In other words, this was given unto him by God, by grace. And so we see clearly that he's saved because of his faith, isn't he? Okay? Because of his faith in God. And so this phrase here, just man, speaks of Noah's salvation. That's what it speaks of. It speaks of his salvation. He was justified before God. He was saved by grace through faith, just as all of us are. There is no other way of salvation but by grace through faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to earth and died on the cross, was buried and rose again. Salvation is by grace through faith in Him. And so Noah was saved. He was a just man in the eyes of God. And then added to this, we see that he was perfect in his generations. Go back there to Genesis 6. <clears throat> Genesis 6 and verse 9. It says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. So he's perfect in his generations. Now, the word perfect here doesn't mean that he was without sin, okay? that he was sinless, because no one is sinless, except for, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, God. Okay? No one is sinless. Now, the word perfect here, Strong's Concordance, gives this definition of the Hebrew word. It says that this word perfect means entire, also integrity or truth. It speaks of being without blemish, complete, full, sincerely sound, without spots, undefiled or upright. And so the word speaks of the fact that Noah was a man of integrity, that he was upright or blameless in his generations in the sight of men. Okay, Weasby says this, if righteous... Uh, righteousness or just describes Noah's standing before God, then blameless or perfect describes his conduct before people, before men. And that's the idea here. Noah was justified before God because of his faith, he's declared righteous, and then he sought to live a godly life before men, to live a blameless life, so that his actions reflected his faith in God, reflected who he was. So his actions were a testimony unto others. And so we see clearly that Noah was saved. 
and he was living a godly life before men. It's for this reason that he could be said to walk with God, as verse 9 ends, and Noah walked with God. That's why he could walk with God, isn't it? Because he was saved and he was walking in a right relationship with the Lord. He was living a godly life. You see, to walk with God speaks of walking in the same direction, doesn't it? Okay, to walk with someone means you're going on the same path, in the same direction, to the same location. You had the same ideals, the same motives. That's the idea here. Noah had this wonderful relationship with the Lord. While all others around him were living in wickedness and sin, Noah's desire was to please the Lord. He sought to follow the leading of God. Noah walked with God. Indeed, as fathers, and indeed all of us this morning, okay, if you're not a father, don't just switch off. It applies to all of us. But as fathers especially, you know, the key to success as a father is that we maintain a right relationship with the Lord, that we walk with God. And of course, that means, first of all, that we must be saved. We must be saved. We must have entered into that relationship with Him by faith. Because we're all sinners, condemned and lost and on our way to hell. We need the Lord Jesus Christ to save us. We need to call out to Him in faith and be saved. So we might have that relationship with Him. And once we're saved, we then need to live that faith, don't we? In our daily lives. Seek to live godly before others. Live a blameless life before men. Not sinless. None of us are sinless. But live a blameless life. Seek to live a life that honors the Lord. Keep our hearts right before God, dealing with sin when it does come into our lives. And so we must lead by example. We must walk with the Lord so that our family may see that. But we see secondly this morning that Noah also, he listened to the word of God. He listened to the word of the Lord. Go back to Hebrews 11 with me. <clears throat> Verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Here we see that part of his walk with the Lord was that Noah was attentive to the word of the Lord. You know, Noah didn't have the written word of God like we do today. We're blessed to have the, the Bible in our possession and it's freely available. So Noah didn't have the written word of God in his possession, but God at times spoke to him directly. And when the Lord spoke, Noah listened. Noah listened intently to what the Lord had to say. And in particular here, we're told that the Lord warned Noah. It says in verse 7 there, um, <clears throat> By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. The Lord warned Noah of things not seen as yet. Now, of course, this is a reference to the warning that God gave to him concerning the judgment that was coming upon the world, the judgment with the worldwide flood. And so it speaks of that warning that God gave to him. Now, in Genesis chapter 6, we're given a full account of that warning. Let's just go there. <clears throat> Genesis 6. Let's read the warning that the Lord gave to Noah. Genesis 6 verse 13, it says, And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make it, make in the ark. 
and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in the cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do uh, bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein the breath of uh, sorry, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and of every thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, of cattle, sorry, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of, of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Here we read the, the full account of the warning that God gave to him. I'm sure many of us know the passage well. But basically, God warns Noah of man's gross wickedness and sin. And because of that sin, God is going to destroy the world with a flood. And he's going to begin again with Noah and his family. And in preparation for the flood, God instructs Noah to build an ark, this massive uh, ship, in order to provide a way of salvation, a way of escape from the judgment that is coming. But Hebrews chapter seven, uh, 11 verse 7 highlights one important aspect about this warning from the Lord. We read there that the Lord gave warned, sorry, warned him of things not seen as yet. Highlights one important aspect, doesn't it? The warning was of things not seen as yet. You know, God warned Noah about things he'd never seen. He'd never seen a flood before, let alone a worldwide flood. He'd never seen a flood. For that matter, he hadn't even seen rain. Genesis chapter 2 makes it clear to us. Go there, Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis 2 verse 5, it says, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist, uh, mist sorry, uh, from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. We're told that there went up a mist from the earth. And so they hadn't even seen rain. When God created the earth, there was no need of the rain. There was, it was a perfect ecosystem. The world was perfect. Instead, God had designed it so that there would be this wonderful mist that went up and watered the ground. And so when God comes and warns Noah that there's going to be a worldwide flood, Noah had to believe and he had to accept God's word by faith, didn't he? He had to believe and accept it by faith. He'd never seen it before. Never seen rain. But when God spoke... Noah believed God's word by faith. He believed the word of the Lord. And where did that confidence in God's word come from? It came from his walk with the Lord, didn't it? It came from his walk with the Lord. Noah knew from experience that his God could be trusted. And so when God spoke, he listened and he believed it to be true. 
He believed it would come to pass. And beloved, like Noah, if we're going to be godly fathers or mothers, we must be ready to listen to the word of the Lord. We must be ready to listen to God's word. See, part of our walk with the Lord must be spending time with Him, spending time reading His Word each and every day, getting to know Him and letting Him speak to us through His Word, listening to Him. But you know, listening to the Word of the Lord is, of course, only part of it, isn't it? You know, we must also then obey it. We must put it into practice. James chapter 1 tells us that. Let's just turn there. James 1. <clears throat> James chapter 1 and verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his face, his natural face in a glass, who beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth, what manner of man he was. The Word of God says that we are not just to be hearers of the Word, we are to be doers of the Word. We are to, by faith, respond, putting God's Word into practice. And did we see that in Noah? Noah, he listened to the Word of God, he believed it by faith, and he then responded by faith, obeying the Word of the Lord. And so we see thirdly this morning that he responded to the word of the Lord. He responded to the word of the Lord. Look in verse 7 again of Hebrews 11. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now we read here that Noah, when he heard the warning from the Lord, he was moved with fear, and he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And so we see that there was clearly two parts to Noah's response here to the word of God, wasn't there? We see, first of all, that Noah was moved with fear. Now, the word fear here doesn't mean that he was afraid of God. We know that. It doesn't mean he was afraid of God. It doesn't mean he was afraid of the judgment that God had just declared unto him. No, the fear spoken of here is a holy reverence for God. It's holy reverence for God and His Word. Commentator Butler says this, This fear is a product of faith. The fear of God which causes men to behave in a holy manner is a result of faith. This is not a cowering fear, but it is a holy fear. It is a reverent respect of Almighty God. This fear will respect God and His Word. Indeed, the fear of God a reverence, a holy reverence for Him and His Word. And it's a result of our faith in Him. Indeed, this is the fear of God spoken about in Proverbs chapter 9. Just turn there. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. Verse I'm sure many of us know well this morning. Proverbs 9 and verse 10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To fear God is 
wise. Only fools don't fear or reverence God. Don't stand in awe of Him and who He is and His holiness. We see that Noah, he wasn't a fool. Noah responded wisely, didn't he? Noah responded wisely. He responded with godly fear, reverential fear of his God. And we're told that he was moved with fear. The word moved here means taking heed. It means that he took heed to the warning of the Lord, motivated by that fear. And so out of holy reverence for God, he took heed to God's warning and he immediately then set out to obey the word of the Lord. And in the next part of the verse, we read that he prepared an ark. It says there in verse 7 of Hebrews 11, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. This was Noah's response. He obeyed. He was moved with fear reverential fear of God, and now he obeyed the instructions that God had given unto him. We saw those instructions in Genesis chapter 6, but let's quickly turn back there. Genesis 6 verse 14. Genesis 6 verse 14. It says, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of, the length of it of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in the cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. Here we see the instructions that God gave to him. This was part of that warning. The instructions God gave to him. Clear instructions to follow. He was to build an ark in preparation for the flood. And this was not an easy task, was it? This is not an easy task. This was a massive undertaking for Noah. A task that was going to take years of his life, indeed up to probably a hundred years of his life, almost a century. It was a task that was going to bring him ridicule in the eyes of everyone around him. You know, as they watched him build this ark for a hundred years, the ridicule, the scorn that he was going to face. But Noah believed the word of the Lord. He feared God more than he feared man. And so he obeyed. He prepared an ark. Now that word prepared here is interesting. It means to prepare fully. To prepare fully. It's the idea that he carried out the Lord's plans or the Lord's instructions completely. He didn't deviate from them. He didn't cut corners. He didn't reduce the size of the ship because it was too hard. He didn't cut corners. He didn't change the plans. Noah obeyed the word of the Lord completely. He prepared the ark exactly as God instructed him to do. And Genesis chapter 6 verse 22 testifies clearly to this truth. Sorry, Genesis 6 verse 22 says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he told he did all that God commanded him. It's a wonderful testimony, isn't it? Wonderful testimony of his obedience to the word of the Lord. He said he didn't cut corners. He didn't do things his own way. Out of fear, out of reverence for God, he did what God instructed him to do. You know, what a wonderful example this must have been for his family. Think about it. 
for almost 100 years, they witnessed their father carry out the task that God had given him to do. You know, every day watching him get up and go out to the work site, and I'm sure they helped him, but watching his commitment to fulfilling the work of the Lord. Daily they witnessed him laboring hard. Why? Because of his faith in God. They witnessed his fear of God and his obedience to the word of the Lord in action each and every day. It wasn't just something he said, he lived it and they saw it, didn't they? They saw it in his life. You know, not, not only that, but they also witnessed him warning others of the judgment to come. In 2 Peter 2, verse 5, we're told that he was a preacher of righteousness. Just turn there, 2 Peter. <clears throat> In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. <clears throat> 2 Peter 2, verse 5, it says, And spared not the old world, but saved Noel the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. A preacher of righteousness. You know, through all those years, as he labored doing what God told him to do, Noah also warned others of the judgment to come. He preached righteousness. You know, Noah had a heart for people, didn't he? He had a heart for the people. It concerned him what was coming. He didn't want them to perish in the judgment. And so he warned them to repent before it was too late. And once again, Noah's family, they witnessed this passion, didn't they? They witnessed their father's passion for the lost. And they witnessed the rejection that he faced as no one listened to the message. No doubt he was laughed at. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. And yet Noah continued to faithfully prepare the ark, to faithfully preach righteousness unto the people. And beloved, the effect of all this upon his family is that they were saved. Verse, verse 11, uh, 7 there in Hebrews 11, verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. The result of it all was that his, his family was saved. When time came to enter into the ark, they entered in with him. Everyone else rejected the message. Everyone else laughed and ridiculed him, mocked him. But Noah's family, they listened. Noah's family was saved. When the time came, they entered into the ark with him. And we read that in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 7. <clears throat> Genesis 7 verse 7, it says, And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. When the time came, his family followed his example. His faith became their faith. Noah, against all odds, raised a godly family in the most wicked and perverse world. And beloved, the secret to that success, as we've seen this morning, he walked with God, he listened to the word of God, and he responded to the word of God with godly fear and obedience, faithful obedience. And men, if we want to raise godly families in this sinful, wicked world in which we live, then like Noah, we need to set a godly example for our family to follow. 
We must walk with the Lord. As we said, we must be saved and maintain that close relationship with Him. And we do this by spending time in His Word each and every day, listening to what the Lord has to say unto us and then responding to His Word, putting it into practice, responding with godly fear and faithful obedience. Psalm 128 verse 1 declares the same truth. It says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. Again, you see the idea of fear and obedience. Godly fear and obedience to his word is the key. Our family must see that our faith is real. Men, are we walking with the Lord today? Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you give us examples of men like Noah, men who succeeded in raising a godly family in a wicked, sinful world. And Lord, the world around us today is not much better than it was in Genesis chapter 6. And Lord, help us, not just men, but all of us, Lord, to indeed walk with you. May you help us to pass that on to the next generation, that faith that we have in you, that fear of you respect of you. Lord, work in our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name.